And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Infinity. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast with Mickey Brennan and Davey Rispin. And uh, uh, to start off our podcast this week, Davey, we're going to go straight to another fundraiser, another club fundraiser that's happening out there in aid of a couple of charities. It is, of course, the Rathout fundraiser. It is the Rathout Purple Run in aid of the Dublin Rape Crisis Centre and Cystic Fibrosis Ireland. And uh, I'll give you the, the website. You can go to www.idonate.ie to make a contribution. But starting on Friday morning, the 29th of April, which was last Friday um, at 6am, the senior players in both codes from Rathod uh, led the community in taking on a mammoth challenge to run, jog, walk, cycle, a collective target of 10,000 kilometres in three days over the bank holiday weekend while practising social distances, we have to say, uh, social distancing, we have to say. But David Rispin, before we go to our guest, which is Darren McGill, defender there from Rathout uh, um, GAA, um, David, what like can you can you imagine trying to do ten thousand kilometres in your club over the weekend? No, no. Thankfully, Rathout are a bigger club than Carton, though, Mickey. So they probably have a little bit more manpower to do it. But uh, now, unbelievable achievement and uh, great weekend for it. You know. The, the weather's after breaking, obviously today, but up to now it hasn't been too bad. So the lads got the lads got the look at the look at the green with the weather and that. But fantastic achievement, and I know it's it's one of many that's been going on in County Mead over the last three or four weeks. So it's just great to see. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant, and we're going to have a man there, and we we get we'll bring him in, Daryl. What were your GPS stats like for the weekend? I'd say you covered most of the ten thousand kilometers yourself, did you? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, unfortunately, my Strava broke halfway through, so it didn't, <laughs> didn't all get picked up. But um, I know I've, I'm after getting between the, the first three days, I did about 50 or 60k between cycling and running now. Uh, most of it's cycling now, <laughs> I won't lie. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, no, it's, um, it is, like you said, it's a, it's a monster, it was a monstrous target to assess. Um, I won't lie, I didn't have much confidence of it being hit, uh, but it was a nice target. But at, at the moment, to date, um, there's 9,470 kilometres, I think, have been covered so far. Incredible. Um, which is a huge testament, not, not just to the people within the club, but the people within the, the community of Retote. Um, as you said... It's the charities we're doing it for are the Dublin Ray Crisis Centre and Cystic Fibrosis Ireland. Um, the reason for those two charities is yeah. in memory of two, two young people within the community, um, Ronan Cahill, um, also known as Pep, uh, to his friends within the GAA club, and then Julie Crow, who would have been more, I suppose more involved in the soccer club within Rathout, but obviously would have been very good friends with people within the GA community. Um, so <clears throat> the, the 10,000 kilometres of such, while it's the Rathout GA club that have set, set the fundraiser and set the targets and that, it's very much a community effort, which which is great to see. Like um, it's not There's none of this, oh, that's a soccer thing and that's a GA thing. It's very much the whole of the Rathout community coming together, which is brilliant, especially given current circumstances with COVID and that. As you mentioned, we are practicing our social distancing and people are, are doing the runs on their own, but all throughout the course of the weekend, there was purple T-shirts, purple jackets scattered everywhere um, around the village from, as you said, from 6am Friday morning right the way through to 
now at the moment, even in the rain, there was a couple of photos coming through of two people looking like drowned rats, but <laughs> they were they were still getting out to, to try and get the the kilometers up to hit the target. So um yeah, no, it's great I, to see. I'm surprised that yourself and Connor didn't, you know, maybe go a little bit left of field and bring in something like uh, I don't know, wacky haircuts or something like you did in the first lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it was thought about now the two, the two of us um, two of us haven't had a haircut now I think since November or December so um, it's and, getting and, and it's, uh, you wouldn't let Connor have a go at your hair this time no? no no I've, I've, I've made many many silly decisions throughout my lifetime but that is one that I will not be doing uh, to be fair the, the last time was his own fault he, he, he made a bet for FIFA and he lost us but um I made sure I wasn't going to put myself on the firing line this time. What was the score in that game in the FIFA? Oh, jeez. I suppose it was... I won by three in the end. I think it was 11-8. Because we, we played it all. We played home and away legs on the PlayStation and the Xbox. So yeah. so nobody could say that they got a, an unfair or a fair, an unfair advantage. So... It was a tight beat you gave him. It was a tight beat you gave him. Come here, you, you had a targeted set of €20,000, which is phenomenal. But you have, yes. exceeded, you have exceeded that at the moment. You're at 22,500, which is just phenomenal. And as you said already, it's all down to a community effort. And everybody in Rakot has got behind this fundraiser. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like the la- last year, it was the first year that we did it. And it was kind of set up a week or two in advance. It was a very off the cuff last minute, let's do this. And we managed to raise 32,000 euros. So this year we said, right, we'll put a bit more planning into it, but we'll set the initial target at 20,000. I was going to say a reasonable amount, but 20,000 is still an awful lot of money to to be trying to raise. But it's like I said, it's like it's it's great. Like over the space of two years for over 50,000 euros to be raised between both these charities is, um, is, is it's amazing really. And like I said, it just goes to show that even in the midst of a global pandemic, people are, you know I mean, maybe having their own struggles, um, whether it be financially or socially or mentally or whatever, that when something like this comes around, that they're still able to, to dig deep to whether it be giving them money themselves or sharing it um, on social media, even yourselves here, um, giving time out of your podcast to, be able to promote it it's fantastic and like I've, I've noticed like the, the cycle for Emer, um fundraiser that's going on that the me GAA are pushing as well like they're obviously all they're raising good money for that we have members within our club who are obviously on county panels and are promoting that one as well yeah. so the fact that we've exceeded the 20,000 mark this year and it's still going like I think the Donation page is open until Friday evening this week, so I would be I would be hoping that we might be able to sneak the twenty five thousand mark. Um, but yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing. Like I said, two very very deserving charities that um, charities at the moment aren't able to do the normal fundraising they might do throughout the year, so they're relying heavily on the likes of GA clubs, soccer clubs, communities to to take the initiative and do the fundraising for them. So um, it's great to be able to to give a little back and to help people like this. And this is going to be an annual event by the sounds of things uh, from the Rapport Clubs. I, I would imagine so. Like, obviously, I can't say that we're going to be doing this every year for the next 10 years. Like I said, it was tragic circumstances that kind of drove us to, to picking these two charities and to to making it such a big event like obviously we don't ever want to be in a situation where you lose two two young people in a community and friends but um it, it is something that's it's very close to the hearts of the people within the retote village not just the ga club but like as i've said the community in general so um personally i would have no problem doing this every year for the next 10 15 years because um <clears throat> it means something um, and it, it means that little bit more the fact that like we were friends with Ronan and Julie but um, 
unfortunately, you never know what's going to happen in the future. And you know I mean, there may maybe another charity picked somewhere down the line. But for the moment, um, the DR, the Dublin Ray Christ Centre and Cisco Roses Ireland look to be the, the two charities that we would be doing our fundraising for. Yeah. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. Dar, it's amazing to think that, you know, it's a massive catchment area and the football club is big enough on its own, but you're, you're incorporating every sort of club and organisation within it. I suppose even the, the chief organisers, these are a couple of blow-ins coming in, the likes of Shane Duffy coming in to help <laughs> us as well. Talk to us about that. I mean, uh, you know, a, a huge fundraising effort by the, I suppose, by the committee as well. Oh, absolutely! Like, like I said, it's it's something that it's not like I said, it's not just for Toad GAA. It's absolutely mm. everybody. Um, Duffy obviously is a he's a, a blowing, like you said, but <laughs> he's in the t- he's he's here five or six years now, and on the pitch, it's been seen to everybody what a fantastic leader he's been. But his involvement within the club is huge as well. Like he's down training the ducks in their fives and their six at that age group. Um he gets involved like he's a proper GAA man at heart. So he's been involved in these things the whole way up. And I suppose he's just someone that commands a bit of respect within the club, even though he's only mm. there a short time. Um he has that kind of so we say an aura about him or whatever, but <clears throat> when he gets involved, people will kind of listen to him. They follow him and roll him behind him. And he's the sort of man, because he's been playing with Monaghan and senior football that long, I suppose he's developed an awful lot of leadership traits that are beneficial, not just on the pitch, but off it as well. So, um, yeah, no, he's been he's been a huge, huge help with the organising committee um, in in getting this kind of, I suppose, just helping it to grow legs. Like like I said, yeah. an awful lot of the lads in the team, when they're asked to do something, will do it. But when you're getting asked by someone like Shane, I suppose he's all. Might, you mightn't like me saying this, but he's that <laughs> old now. He's kind of he's almost. He's probably old enough to be some of the lads' dads on the team at this point. So it's almost like a father figure. Um, oh, asking you to help out. You know, I, I, you're nearly struggling there. I know you're struggling there to big him up because you don't want to big him up too much. We all know Shane and, and the people. <laughs> but you're 100% right. Like my kids uh, played for a tote there for the last number of years. And every Saturday morning, I'd be down there and Shane is front and centre with all the rest of the coaches. Um, and he's a fantastic setup down there it has to be said and he's just one of those guys that he gets stuck in you know maybe it's that you know he is from 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 Monaghan so he's from you know the back of beyonds basically and uh, <laughs> and, and so there, like there's it's, it's it's all about mucking in and getting stuck in and whatever with those Monaghan boys but he does and he's a great rapport with everybody in the club yeah absolutely and as you said like, like you said he's from the back end of beyond or whatever, but he's he comes he comes from like Ratote has blown up in the last 10-15 years, cash flow wise. The club has the numbers in the club, the team has expanded massively. Whereas Shane had come from a much smaller club that kind of I suppose would have retained the the rural, the, the small club where everybody knows each other, everyone rolls in yeah. behind. So when he came in through Ratote, even though it was an awful lot bigger than, say, Maher Clune would have been. His mentality was still everybody gets stuck in, everybody rolls in, which has been, which, like I said, helps an awful lot because, like anything, as clubs grow and expand and that, there's so many teams and so many mentors and people involved that all the under-16 coaches might not know all the under-9 coaches and things like that, whereas Shane just has that thing about him still where it's, 
everybody driving behind it. Come on, round you come, round you come. Everybody pushing behind it. And while there are a number of locals who have that as well, like I said, Shane is just that extra body. He's kind of, because he was an ex-Monaghan keeper and he was the first keeper in a tote, he's, he'd be well known by everybody, whereas some of the other coaches might not be. So he's, uh, it's easier, I, would, I suppose, for him to be able to say, lads, come on and give a hand. And like I said, it's like the GAA is fantastic for that. All people have to be do, get done is be asked to do something. And they'll, they'll do it. Yeah. So when you have someone like Shane who's able to, to reach out who everybody knows and says, lads, give a hand with this, give a hand with that. Do you know what I mean? No, nobody says no. Like the WhatsApp group for the organising committee has people from the age of 19 up to Duffy's age. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I know there's one or two older than Shane there. But, um, but, that, but that's what I mean. Like it's, there's no, there's no, set age for being involved in organising or being involved in pa- taking part like it's 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 just it's it's fantastic like I said like I, I I'm in Retote now do you know what I mean since, uh, since day dot and I still get surprised and I'm in awe about how well and how aggressively people get behind things like this like it, it's just fantastic like and there's new people popping up every year helping out. Like I said, they might not know who to go to to start it off, but when somebody asks them straight away, they're involved. And uh, yeah, it's, like I said, it's just great to see like over 50 grand in two years for these two charities. It's just been, it's amazing. And as you said, hopefully we'll be able to continue it for the next couple of years as well. Gary, you aren't shy of county stars in football, hurling, camogie, ladies football. You have it all. I know they're busy preparing for their own individual campaigns, which are going to be starting in the next couple of weeks. Have you got, have, have they been able to chip in in any way, shape or form and do a bit of running or cycling over the weekend? They have done now. Obviously, they're doing their own training and that. So you're not expecting them to go out and be running 50 or 60 kilometres as well on the road. Like, obviously, they have to mind themselves. But no, they definitely have. Like, um, Connor, my brother... Um, was has been obviously been training with me over the weekend, but he was out yesterday, um, doing just doing a small jog uh, around the village. Dara Kelly is obviously with the hurlers, but he's actually been part of the organising committee as such. Like there was a WhatsApp group set up, and he was involved in it. But he's been sending out texts to the hurlers, to other individual groups, and everybody has put it up on their social media. Like as you said. The, I think we have eight or nine on the Harlan team on the Harlan panel now, but even if they're not able to get out and do runs, they've been clocking up their walks. They've been advertising it on their social media pages. You know, obviously, county players will get an awful lot more followers as such than, than just your your average show. So, even if you're not out running, that that's not the main like the kilometer target is. It's nice to hit. The main focus here and the main aim is to raise as much money as possible. And you do that by getting the word out. So, like I said, the boys putting up on their Instagram, their Twitters, Facebooks, into their friends' WhatsApp groups. That's that's the main impact I think the county players get to have. Because, like I said, if you're, if you're preparing for a league game in two weeks' time, you don't want to be doing unnecessary running on roads and things like that and risking injury. Speaking of unnecessary, when we talk to Mead players, um, Conor McGill often comes up as the laziest slash the less, the <laughs> hardest man to get out training and most likely to maybe fake an injury. So it sounds like you've done well, Dara, from that perspective to try and get him out of the house to do a little bit. Oh, well, I, I think the, the non-stop abuse now that he's been getting to do it, like we, we did it last year and um, there was myself, a friend of mine, Gavin Hoare and his wife and Connor said we'd go up to the, the back pitch and we'd aim to get two marathons done between us all. And of course, we went up there. It was a cracking day, I remember it. And we started off around the pitch and all of a sudden, Connor's calf started hurting him. Oh, yeah. And uh, he didn't want to risk getting it any sore because Mead had matches coming up. So... I think he ended up walking about three kilometers that day, and uh, 
and man, and took home. So I don't think he wanted to get the same level of stick again this year. So um, he walked three kilometers. He walked three kilometers and went straight for an ice bath, was it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. He said Andy. Andy wouldn't be happy if he heard if he heard that he was after uh, aggravating himself. Darren, it's it's absolutely phenomenal what you are doing. It's incredible, and when you look at it, you've already mentioned there is the the Red Hot Harps Soccer Club, and you've got the rugby club out there in uh, uh, heading out towards Coraha or whatever in Red Hot. Um, but what is the secret in 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 Red Hot uh, GA Club? Because it really has become the hub of the community, and. The people that are, are are joining the club, the numbers are huge, uh, joining the GA club. And you have a real good atmosphere down there um, within the club. You're after buying new land and whatever, you're putting in new pitches and the whole lot. Not that you just don't have enough pitches already. And apparently <laughs> you don't have enough fields and whatever. But there is a real, and like, has that kind of, you know, community uh, togetherness over the last number of years has that been a part, uh, has that helped and been a part of, of the success that you have uh, uh, probably uh, taken on the field in the last couple of years with your last two senior championships? Has that whole community togetherness, you know, bonded the club and, and what is the secret? Um, I don't know. Um, just before I actually go into it, I just want to mention that we did also have the athletics club and the cycling club within Rotos yeah. as well have helped out hugely with this. Um, so I, I don't want, I'm probably forgetting people yeah. as well, but they were two other people or groups within the community that I know have helped. So um, I don't want them to think that we're that I'm ignoring or forgetting them. But um, yeah, no, look, I don't think it's a retote GAA club secret. I mean, the GAA in general is, it's phenomenal. Like it's, it's one of those, I don't think it's replicated the sense of community spirit or the togetherness within any sport anywhere in the world. Like I, I, I think it is genuinely think it is fantastically unique. Um, with regards to a tote, like the village itself, I think there's ten or twelve thousand people in it now, as opposed to fifteen years ago when there might have been two or three thousand people. Yeah. So like the the community is blowing up massively, um, which like you said about our pitches, like as many as as many pitches as we have, we actually <laughs> at times are struggling to get space on the grass oh, for people to run on and play. So, um, yeah, look, it it definitely has helped in terms of the first team and their success in the pitch in the football, the hurling, and even the women's side as well. Like the women's Camogie team are senior. The footballers have been in. I think three or four intermediate semi-finals in the last six years or something like that. And that is helped by when you have you have groups of players coming up from underage teams. They, that makes a big deal. I remember when I came up to the adult team, I think three of my age group came up or four. And of that, I'm the only one left. Like, yeah. I mean, lads have emigrated. They've giving up playing football, they're working or things like that. Whereas I look, say, from last year's age group, or was it the year before, we had three or four making the panel of the senior team. And then the likes of Jack Flynn last year stepped up and was able to, to cement a starting spot. But like the year before that, there was three or four. The year before that, there was three or four. And that comes from... A huge, a, a great kind of. There's no clicks. It's a, it's one big unified club, and you have an awful lot then of the senior players are helping out. Like they might not have the time to commit to fully coach an underage team, but there's an awful lot of the players get involved and will go down and do one or two sessions with the football yeah. or the hurling side of things, and that makes a massive difference as well. As a young lad, you're seeing like they might. They, it's only a club player, but you're getting, say, uh, Ben Weir, cornerback the last two years. Like Ben's only 19 or 20. But yeah. to a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old, they're seeing the senior cornerback is coming down doing one or two training sessions with me. And all of a sudden, they now know Ben to say, hey, Ben, hey, Ben, well done, or good game, or things like that. And there's not so much of a, they're a stranger 
to me, like there's like I said, it definitely unifies and builds up the spirit within the club so that as they get older, there's less of a transition into the adult team and into the senior panel, which makes like you're at the end of the day, you're a team. So everybody has to be comfortable with each other and be able to gel. So when you're not intimidated by or afraid of somebody just because they're an older person, um, it makes it an awful lot easier then on the pitch to be able to click. Oh, yeah, and and it's so evident when you go down there on a Saturday morning and you see the front pitch and the back pitch is absolutely thronged. As you said, you'll have senior hurlers, senior footballers uh, all going down to help out. And there is this real family togetherness in in Rathoth GEA Club. It's not only about the GEA, it's bringing everybody in from the community. And this is echoed again in this amazing fundraiser where already is around 22,500 for the weekend. It is the Rathoth Purple Run in aid of Dublin Rape Cry Centre and uh, the Cystic Fibrosis Ireland. And look, anybody out there who wants to donate to these fantastic uh, charities, go on to www.com. I donate.ie and you'll be able to donate a few, Bob. Dara, thanks a million for coming on. It's it's just brilliant because you know, maybe there's clubs out there who can take from what you're after saying, because it isn't, as you said, it's there's no, you know, uh, uh, crazy uh, uh, what, what would you say fix to all this. It's very simple, you know, just everybody gets involved with the club, everybody helps out, and you get that togetherness, and uh, you know, long may it continue. Best of luck in the upcoming season. I know that the, the training will start back on the field next week, is it, or the week after? Yeah, as far as I know, it's the, the, from the 10th onwards, we're allowed to get back on the pitch in pods of 15. So hopefully now, I think the 10th is the Monday, so with any luck, we'll be out on the Tuesday. Will you um, have enough Will you have enough space in the field for all the 15s that you'll have pods for? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The second and third team might not start back for a week or two, so I reckon I get a bit of an extended break. But to look, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll find somewhere. Um, but look, lads, lads, I just want to say to you, thanks very much for having me on um, and allowing me to help promote this uh, for, the, for the club. Um, and if people can't find it on that website you're after calling out there Mickey even if they just go to the Rotote Instagram or Facebook page it's in the bio um, it'll be on the Facebook page and like I said if you can't donate anything even just share the link because there could be somebody within your life who's been affected by either one of these charities that you mightn't even know about um, and they'll be happy to donate so like I said every little helps and uh, it's all gone to two worthy, very worthy causes yeah, absolutely fantastic. Dara, come here again. Thanks a million for coming on and best of luck in whatever team that you play with this year, the first, the second, or the third. <laughs> I have no doubt that you'll be pushing for a place on the first team this year once you get fit. <laughs> that, well, well, I've been saying that for the last two or three years. But look, that's, that's the aim anyway. That's the aim. Cheers, Dara. Don't worry, lads. Thanks a million. Good Take luck. care. No uh, Davey, um, fantastic, fantastic fundraiser. But like, an insight into the club there, you know, like, no bullshit with them, you know, just said it as it is and how they work as a club. And it's no, it's no wonder that they've had such great success in the last number of years. Absolutely. That's the thing. Like all of these massive um, urban clubs, as we know them now, Mickey, they've come from where we're told we're at 15 years ago, but a lot of them haven't found that formula. And yeah. He, he said, yeah, there's no magic formula, but there probably is. It's just a case of getting lads together, getting lads in and integrate with the underage so that when, you know, 10 or 12 or 15 guys come up from the minor team the year before, that there's no sort of um, watershed moment or there doesn't have to be. They just seamlessly fit in. And when you look at the Rateau team that are after winning the last two championships, Mickey, he's mentioned Ben Weir, he's mentioned Jack Flynn, there's been Dahi McGowan, um, there's been a whole host, Conan Lahern, loads more, I'm forgetting. But they've all come from that minor under-16 team in the last couple of years, and they've established themselves. Like, he, he was saying about Jack Flynn's gone into the team. I felt like saying Jack Flynn has completely transformed the team. He was probably the best player in the senior championship last year. Yeah, he was their, he was their main player. Like, he was probably an 8 out of 10 in every game he played last year. Exactly. And, and ha- having the confidence to come in and do that and not sort of be... Um, shall we say, afraid or, you know, reluctant to probably step into the breach of the likes of the Wallaces or Bryony McMahon or players like that who would be county stars. I think that's invaluable. And I think a lot of clubs like Retote 
could probably look at them and learn a lot from them. Yeah, 100%. I agree. And even the smaller clubs as well can, yeah, can, yeah. can learn a lot from them as well. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just shows you that a blow in like Shane Duffy can make such a difference. You know, no, but like it, you know, I know we're laughing about that, but like, you know, coming from that rural uh, country team in Mahara Clune, where it is all about the community. And as, 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 as Dara said as well, there, there's loads of them within the club, but they probably didn't know how to go about it. He's one of these lads, Shane is like, something needs to be done. Right, grand, come on, lads, let's do it. You know, there doesn't have to be, a, and, and he's not worried about upsetting somebody or anything like that. Um, absolutely brilliant. And as I said, like a great time for all the lads there in that club. They, they, they run it so fun, fantastically. They're doing a great job. And again, their fundraiser, uh, they were Code Purple Run. If you want to donate, go on to www.idonate.ie. You'll find the, the fundraiser there, or you can go on to any of their social media pages and you'll find the link. David, just before we move on, uh, it's time to give our sponsors a quick shout out. We want to say uh, thank you to PR Coin and Sons, your local Husqvarna uh, supplier over in Clannard, and we want to thank them for their continued support. And also the Q Kangaroo app, who have come on board in recent weeks. And again, don't forget the Q Kangaroo app is the safe, convenient way to get tasty local food fast. Select from menus in local cafes, restaurants, and more in your area and prepay on the app so you can skip the queue uh, when collecting or have it delivered to you. The app is available to use across Mead and has now gone live in Dunboyne and Shotland and Rathoth. Get a special five euro discount when you spend 20 euro or more. All you have to do is use the code WEARMEAD at the checkout. That's WEARMEAD, all one word, and all capital letters. Uh, love food, hate Kuhn, well then Q Kangaroo is the app for you. Download now on the App Store and Play Store. It's an absolutely brilliant app. It is going live in many more towns across Mead in the coming months. Um, in Navanagh alone, there's plenty of uh, places that you can place an order and collect from said restaurant or cafe. I know that Little Sicily and Room 8 and uh, Julio's takeaway are on it and so is uh, the Valley Cafe, amongst others as well, Piamentos as well. And every week there's more and more restaurants and cafes adding to it. So don't forget, get your f- special five euro discount when you spend 20 euro or more using the code WEARMEAD at the checkout. You'll see it there. There's a coupon section when you go in and use the app. And again, thank you to Q Kangaroo and to your local Husqvarna dealer in Clannard. It is PR Coin and Sons. Davey, the, the, the games are starting back. And next Sunday, um, Mead will be taking on Offaly in the National Hurling League. Um, it's in Park Tolchin on Sunday at 2pm. Uh, Nick Weir and the lads getting back on the field. So we're looking forward to that. Obviously, they lost last year to Offaly narrowly, 26 points to one goal in 21. That game was played in Burr last year. So like, we know they didn't have a great league campaign, but the thing about the league campaign last year was that there was no relegation. So while they were very close to a few teams in that league um, in, in, in results-wise, they'll be looking for, for, for big improvements this year. Well, well, no, league, we managed to stay up. There was relegation in league last year, Mickey. It was the Joe McDonough. There was oh, no, yeah. Sorry, um, Joe McDonough. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so Mead won their two home games against Wicklow and uh, Mayo, awesome. both in Nav and both as curtain raisers to the footballers. And there were tight games in essence too. And look at the pull through. They played... The likes of Kerry was a difficult game. They played awfully, as you mentioned, first in, in Burr, which they were a bit unlucky not to come out of. I think when you look at awfully, Mickey, they're they're still they're still a powerhouse. They're, yeah. they're not winning all Irelands or anything like that, but they're down in the third tier of Hurling, which is the Christie Ring, which is so false of a position. They were relegated a couple of years ago in shock circumstances. Last year, they were also shocked when Down beat them on penalties, Mickey, um, after extra time, and that really cost them. Make no illusions about it. They're a bloody good Joe McDonough team with the view yeah. to probably pushing on. And if they won the Christie Ring this year and Joe McDonough next year, nobody would really be surprised. So, me, they'll be under no illusions, the task that's facing them uh, next Sunday in Navin. But again, it's an excellent game to get yourself started. I think that awfully team are missing a couple of players that they had last year. Mead from what I've I, I've seen and what I know, they have their full complement. James Torres back from injury. He obviously missed a lot of the campaign last year and um, haven't got injured with the trim footballers. Um, and there's, as, as Dara mentioned, you know, there's five or six from Retoth, all of the McGowns, you know, Dahi, Ben, Gavin, 
uh, there's one more as well I'm, I'm forgetting they're all in and part of it which is great you know because they're super hurlers as well as footballers um, and what I've seen they've, they've done a lot of work a lot of the kind of might be perceived as the smaller players have done a serious amount of bulk work over the winter and they really have looked to have strengthened up in that case so um, it's going to be a really really good uh, exercise for me to see where they're at and hopefully we can get two points on the board by this time next week yeah, hopefully the home advantage will play into their hands, uh, playing yeah. in Park Tolchin and looking forward to see what Park Tolchin is looking like after the sabbatical and how the pitch is going to be looking and say it's going to be just incredible. And that rain that we're having at the moment uh, will, 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 will just bring up the greenery mm-hmm. of, of it. So we are looking forward to that. Davey, um, Andy Smith has been involved or been in, in contact as well. And uh, Dunchocklin are also doing a fundraiser at the moment. We might just uh, give that a plug. Yeah, absolutely. Dunshockland and Royal Gales are doing a 24 by 24 by 24 hashtag club together fundraiser. So to give a little bit more background into this, it's 24 teams, 24 challenges over 24 weeks. So they've spent over a million in the past 10 years to get to where they are today, but they need to raise another 200,000 in the next two years to finish the job they've started. Uh, firstly, uh, we, have, we have to finish our clubhouse mainly the first floor, there's a main staircase to go in, a lift, a fire escape, a gym, boardroom slash meeting room, kitchen lobby area. When it comes to outside, we need to finish our car park, replace the old fencing around the old slash main pitch and put in the green fencing, new floodlights on the old pitch and much more. This we plan to do inside the next work, sorry, this we plan to do inside work and next, next year and it will be outside. The target for this year is to raise 120,000 out of that overall figure of 200,000. And teams will generate 50,000 of this through individual challenges. The adult uh, ladies are doing a 24 hour skip a ton. The adult men's are doing a Tour de France, which is 2,160 miles in 36 hours. Mm. That's, that's only two of the 24 challenges um, over the next 24 weeks. You can donate to this on the GoFundMe app. It's www gofundme.com forward slash uh, Dunshockland where each team will have a set target to raise and um, a of examples of what they're doing over the next few weeks so on the 5th of May which is what next week Mickey and um, yeah. they're doing a player fit gear shop which will be open then on the 8th of May they're doing a drive through plant sale and raffle May 22nd to 23rd they're doing a clothes collection the 29th to the 30th is that skip which the, the ladies are doing um, the June 5th to 7th is the Tour de France cycle. The 26th of June to the 27th of June, they're doing a car treasure hunt. And in July, they're doing a nursery sports day and barbecue. And they have lots more. So it's launching officially on May 1st, which was, what are we talking? It was last Saturday. Um, and again, it's GoFundMe to, uh, to chip in with that one. It's an unbelievable fundraiser for the Chocolate and 24 teams, 24 challenges across 24 weeks. It's a huge target, but best of luck to them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm sure that, there, as you know, that's going to be running for 24 weeks. And while you're down, if you're at any games in Dunjockland or anything like that, I'm sure they'll have the buckets out. So don't forget to um, donate to them in any way you can. And as you said, go to their social media pages and you will also find um, uh, the links to, uh, to, to, to their, their fundraisers that they're doing. But again, you don't have to do it straight away. But if you want, you can do it straight away because this is going to be running for 24 weeks. And there are a lot of fundraisers going on at the moment. And another one that we just want to mention before we go on to our lottos um, is the cycle for Emer. Just to give that a plug again, Fergal Lynch and Boards Mill are doing unbelievable work um, to promote this. They have people from all over the country promoting it. And Again, one of our own, Emer Murray, um, if you can, in any way, um, uh, throw a few bob towards that fundraiser. I know there's a lot of fundraisers on at the moment and whatever, but this one is one dear to our heart and it's for one of our own. It is for Emer Murray. Um, so if you can, throw a few bob towards that um, fundraiser that Boards Mill uh, are doing, please do. Or uh, similarly to what Darren McGill was saying, if you can't and you see it on your social media, share it. Please share these because, uh, as he said, there might be somebody out there that you can reach out to via your social media that will donate to these fundraisers. And the Cycle for Emer is a huge one. And again, hashtag Cycle for Emer. You'll put that into Twitter or into Facebook and you'll, you'll, you'll be able to find it. Um, David, we'll move on now to our Lotto segment. And uh, I'm sure you've got plenty in there from all the PROs across the county. 
Yeah, did first win, one up is... Firstly, did we win any of the lottos this week? Not that I've seen, anyway. Maybe they're not telling us, but uh, the Chocolate and Royal Gales is the first one, Mickey. Um, no jackpot winner of their €13,000 jackpot last week, which means this week's one will stay at 13000 with the reserve increasing to 10000 Um you can play that one on Club Force and it takes place every Monday night, or sorry, every Tuesday night this week. It's going to be because we're on a bank holiday. So Tuesday, the, uh, May 4th at half eight live on Facebook. Uh, Manalvi GFC, theirs does take place tonight, Monday. Um, you can play that one at Manalvi on the Club Force app. They have a jackpot capped at 10,000 with the reserve increasing to 5,000. So as you can see with some of these massive ones, the reserves are really climbing. So as soon as the jackpot's going to be won, they're going to have a nice uh, second jackpot to kick in. Gail Column-Killer, another one with a nice jackpot, 12,000, which it's currently capped at. They had five match three numbers last week, um, and theirs takes place every Thursday night. Dunsany, also um, starting afresh after there's been one recently. Their jackpot was won. Their 10,000 euro jackpot was won, Mickey, by Yvonne Maguire of Riverstown in Kilmesson. Um, so congratulations to Yvonne. The winning numbers were 1, 11, 17 and 20. And their jackpot restarts this week with 5,100 euro on the line. Kilmainham GFC is at 5,500 currently and it takes place every Monday night. Clonard GFC is at 5,400. It takes place every Monday night live on Facebook at 8pm. Ballinock GFC is climbing as well. 2,900 tears takes place tomorrow night, Tuesday at 9pm. Navinomani's Mickey, the... The um the pantomime who? villains, who, who, who? <laughs> yeah, of the Lotto jackpot. Um, <laughs> theirs is currently at five thousand nine hundred euro. It takes place every Tuesday um at nine pm in the O'Matney's Clubhouse. That's live on Facebook as well. Um, Old Castle GFC is rising still at eleven thousand nine hundred euro this Wednesday night, and you can play that one on Club Force. Kilskier GFC ten thousand. Um, next draw takes place on the eleventh of March, which I think is Tuesday week. Possibly. Um, yeah, choose the week, and you can play that one on the Club Force app as well. Minolti GFC still going strong. Uh, 15,000. Theirs takes place every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Uh, Drumcondra GFC, 8,500 euro currently. Uh, draw takes place every Tuesday night. You can play that one online via Smart Lotto or drop the envelopes into the Clubhouse post box. Castletown GFC. Uh, their results from the 27th of April. There was no winner of their 1,000 euro five, sorry, 1,500 euro jackpot. They had five lucky dip winners who all collected 30 quid each. And next week's jackpot rolls on to 1,700. It takes place on Tuesday at 9 p.m. You can play that one on Smart Lotto. And the last one I have on my list is from my own court in GFC, Mickey. 5,000 euro eight, sorry, 5,800 euro of a jackpot. We have a retro jersey to be given away every week as well as the 520 euros if the jackpot's not won. You can play it on courtandga.com forward slash lotto. Draw takes place every Friday night at 10 p.m. Very good. And uh, the two that I have in are Central Stones Lotto and uh, their lotto jackpot for tonight, Monday the 3rd of May, is 9,700. You can take part online um, uh, on Smart Lotto, I think, as well. I'll just check that and make sure it is. And uh, the, the moving on then to Simonson, no jackpot winner last week in Simonson. Uh, match three winners: Derek and Marie McDonough and Patsy Marie Cantwell. And their uh, jackpot for next Friday is five thousand seven hundred and fifty euros. So um, Simonson's just creeping there towards the seven thousand five hundred. It's approaching seven thousand five hundred, so it is. Um, but uh, yeah, so that is our lotto segment for this week, Davy. Um, should we should we hit Colin O'Brien with a few? No, game? no, because I, I think you're probably that's the first week now. Now, Matties have jumped across Simonstown, so the ball is sort of in Simonstown's court to come out and do something this so week. What is and, what uh, is their what is their jackpot going up to now? Five nine. Five nine, they oh, they must be increasing it by a hundred a week, are they? 150, I believe. Oh, God, that must have been because of our podcast. Yeah, well, look, it'll be all the better for us when we win the Navinomatis. I want to distance myself from anything to do with this. This is purely between you and Colin, Mickey. Oh, it's absolutely not. There's nothing I don't know what you're on about. Um, but Davey, I think it's time to move on to our Instagram interactive. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn. 
replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automore. Smart home compatible and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automore from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automore dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. Yeah, Jelly is first up, and he uh, said Peter Duffy says he'd love a signed Davy Rispin and Mickey Brennan top. Sort them out, lads. Look, you send us the top, we'll sign them. <laughs> yeah, it'll cost them though. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Andy Smith just said roll on May 10th. Yeah, absolutely. We cannot wait. Um, the hurling starting back next weekend and then the footballers out the following week and that's it. Just bang, bang, bang. It's all, yeah. all going to kick off and, and, you know, COVID will be a distant memory. Hopefully. Yeah, and then June 7th, I think, is the provisional date for fixtures for um, club as well. So club can restart on June 7th, whether that's challenge matches or, you know, possibly league games or cup games. We have to wait and see what... I suppose the Mead County Board come out within the next couple of weeks on their plan on, on what they want to do. My um, my gut would be that they would probably try and run the league in its traditional format, but break it up into two groups. So each division of 12 or 13 teams or 14 teams in some cases will be split into two. So you'd be kind of guaranteed five or six games with the view to maybe going on and playing semi-finals and finals, hopefully. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens, but I'd expect some communication soon, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, Zach Griffin is next, and he said, Kieran Keaton leaving the lads to go for a few Malibu and Milks in the wrist bin. Oh, are you, I, 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 have, you, have you got some apprentices now on the old uh, Malibu and Milk? Well, he's, he's, he's a teammate of mine in Cortown, but yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's making strides. He's just turned 18 today, so happy birthday to Kieran. Um and, you know, I treated him to Malibu and milk for his birthday. I think that's only right for his 18th birthday. Yeah, and, uh, and how, did he, how did he take it? Did, he, did it go down well? Is, this, is, is, it, is it the future? Um, I, I wasn't talking to him after it. I hope he... I have a, actually haven't heard from him, so I, I must actually send him a text and see in case he's had a violent right. reaction to it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that was the thing. Uh, Zach he's, was obviously he's, one of the lads that he's ditched, so... Um, probably sorry, walking around, he's probably walking around court in a dress or something now. <laughs> You wouldn't be the first man to do that. <laughs> uh, I know. Look at Corton and Strange. Um, I'll give you, I'll give you a good story. Actually, Mickey, just it came into my head there. But a couple of years ago, this was before my time. I must add as well. The lads were actually drinking. I think in Greca um, one one day, and it was a Sunday, and uh, they were meant to be playing a game on the Sunday, but <laughs> they they were on a rollover from the night before or something. Um, okay. So there was there was bad weather their forecast but it didn't really arrive so the hope was that the game would be called off um, but apparently Pat Lynch and a few others went down to the pitch and seen that the pitch was, was actually alright so they were saying game on so the lads were in the pub drinking um, <laughs> the day of the game so they were like jeez we have to do something here so what did they do they went down and they actually waterlogged the goal mouths Mickey, and they, they started filling buckets and they started um you know, uh, basically pouring on the goal mouths, and the referee arrived anyway. This is and, a long time ago now. This is a very well, long time it's about now. 10 years ago. Um, <laughs> but uh, he arrived and he inspected, and he was like, Oh, Jesus, there's no way these goal mouths are just they're, they're in an awful state, so game off. And should the boys were the boys were the word got back, and should they were in the pub, you know, <laughs> just, um, just get the shorts in, lads. But, yeah, I'm just, I'm just kind of you know, waiting up for a hope. Quartown, while they all work together, you were working together for a different goal. <laughs> yeah, and I'm delighted to say I was a part of it. And again, I won't name names because it could get lads in serious oh, trouble, but very inventive. Um, next up is Peter Duffy, the man himself. And he said, James O'Dwyer in Old Trafford robbing corner flags. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't get to see the full um, uh, protests, but I did see them breaking in over the field and whatever. So there must have been a lookalike uh, to uh, Jelly, because obviously Jelly wouldn't do that. Um, and he wouldn't have disobeyed social distancing and uh, COVID rules to go over to Manchester to go in and rob uh, a flag. But I'd say, I'd say he was more, he'd be more like 
Father Dougal minding the corner flag. Yeah, it could have been, he could have been trying to mind it and then someone like Cyril McDuff could have been trying to take the corner flag, yeah. you know, so, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't go pointed fingers at, at the Bell Jelly. Um, James McWeeny is next up and he said, no trip down memory lane pod with the programmes last week. Bring it back. Yeah, well, look, that's something that we, we we don't want to be flooding the, the the podcast with that, but it is coming back this week. Um, we have three um, we have three uh, games picked out: uh, one from two thousand and nine, one from two thousand and ten, and one from two thousand and seventeen. Is it? Or? It is, yeah. and, and three cracking games, Mickey. Yeah, it called them out there, Davy, because I don't have them to hand. No bother. So the first one is 2009. It was a Leinster quarter final uh, against the Dubs. It was Pat Gilroy's first game in charge of Dublin in the championship. And it was also Eamon O'Brien's first game in charge of Mead in the championship. Um, and we, we obviously uh, went on to reach an All-Ireland semi-final that year. Um, so yeah, not a bad year to remember. We'll be going through that in detail. The next one up is 2010. It was a Leinster quarterfinal replay against Leash um, in Tullamore. We drew at Leash in Crow Park, I think, seven or 14 days previous, um, but turned in a smashing display in Tullamore in the replay, which set us in great stead to go on and obviously reach the Leinster final, and we all know what happened then after that. Um, Yeah, we did. (laughs) The final one uh, on the agenda this week is 2017, and it's Mead and Kildare in the National Football League in Navan. But I suppose the... the, what people will remember this for... um, probably not all the right reasons, but uh, it was Andy McAdee's first game in charge of me back in 2017. Um, so I suppose that'll be interesting to, I suppose, look at the, the players that featured that day. Maybe who's still around now. Um, and Andy's obviously still in charge four or five years later. So that'll, that'll be a really, um, really good one. Three cracking games, so Mickey, and, and plenty of subplots going on there as well. Yeah, yeah. So the match day memory lane, match day programme memory lane coming back to you this week on the Patreon pods. Next one is from Extra Time Sport, and he said Robert Cox joining the Blackhall Gales minor management team. Oh, interesting. Is this is this uh, official or is this a rumour? Well, it's coming directly from the man himself, so I assume it's official. <laughs> is, is he trying to start a rumour about himself? I've never heard of someone doing that before. <laughs> well, I, I don't know, but it'll be interesting to see. Look, Rob's a, Rob's a great Blackhall ma- uh, man, and he's won a senior championship, obviously, in the early noughties. So, um, just, just don't one remind, in, just don't one remind one decade, me. Mickey, you know, in don't, the noughties. Don't remind, oh, yeah. So two things you're hitting me with there. Blackhall Gales beating Simonson in the... In, in I the didn't mean that, final. to be fair, yeah. And then... The, the 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 way I look at the noughties as not being 05. Yeah. Um yeah. Just I'll make a public apology to Davy Risman on the podcast last And David week. Gallagher, please. And David Gallagher. Well, look, it, it, it's he doesn't need an apology for that. I still gave him his three senior championships. He said last week that he had won three senior championships in four different decades. Um in 95, 05, and 18. And he obviously didn't win one in the naughty, so it was three and four decades. For some reason, I didn't think 05 was in the it was in the naughties, but uh, it is obviously. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd like to now as well as that, he has won three senior championships in four decades. In fact, he's won three senior championships championships in ten decades. So I, I you know, he still has. It's still it's still a correct phrase, but I uh, but I was wrong in what I was saying at the time. Do you know what, Mickey? Fair play to you for admitting you were wrong because they had a conversation with PS Tapes, who's a good friend of of ourselves, and he was saying, you know, he's had this for years with Mickey Brennan. Mickey not admitting the fact he's wrong and it would lead to big rows and big arguments with him and it could last for three or four weeks. And I I just said, look at Paddy, he's after apologising to me and uh, I, I, I feel really grateful for that. So, yeah. I've met some spiky characters in my time, but you and Mr. Stapleton are a pair of cactuses. <laughs> we we got great mileage out of it, and we will for, for another another while yet. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> Carl gave me his ex up, and he said Alan Moore planning a protest like in Old Trafford with his St. Bridget's over his place in the starting fifteen. Ooh, yeah, he wanted to go to the owners of St. Bridget's and uh, you know um, have a word with them. I believe that they've been taken over by some Russian billionaire. And they've actually gone and changed the name by the look of Carl's terminology. He spelt it B-R-I-G-E-T-S. Um, and oh, Bridget's Bridgettes. Like, who was that? So, yeah. 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 Bridgettes. 
Um, next one is from Jer Goff, who uh, was the man behind the great idea to do the Veterans Podcast. So thanks to Jer for that. Um, yeah. But he wants to know what colours and designs that Mickey actually likes. Yeah. <laughs> what colours and designs. Uh, this has something to do with your New Jersey's, I'm presuming. Um, what colours and designs. It, it, it all I like plain. Well, well, I, I love blue. Um, and I love baby blue, would you believe? Um, sky blue, baby blue, but uh, like the same jersey. I like simple. I don't like you know. The, uh, I either like I either like really simple, same color, one color, or I like multicolor, um, like a rainbow. I I'm not a fan of these two tone and you know three tones, especially not hoops. I'm not a fan of hoops, not the hoops as in Navin Matneys. Look, I get all my with the lads. Um, but hoops, I don't like hoops. They're not they're very unforgiving on you. You want if you want anything, you want stripes, not not hoops. Um, but again, yeah, I'm not look, I just I have odd taste. I'm retro, you know, I'm retro. Mm-hmm. Interesting. There you have it, Jer. Um Simon Finn is last. Sorry, he's not last. The penultimate question comes from Simon Finn, and he said one nil Alan Morrison penalty. Whew. I'm, well I'm, I'm a good soccer man, Mickey, but I do not know who Alan Morrison is. I'd say they were playing five-a-sider and uh, Alan Morrison scored the, um, the penalty kick to win it. Um, well done. Well done, lads. And well done, Alan Morrison. A crack and strike, I believe, too. The final couple of questions come in from the man himself, P.S. Tapes, who was back with a bang this week, Mickey. He's missed the last two weeks, but he's promised that he would be in and he has been in good and early. He's He's, 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 he, he, we did give him the warning um, on last week's podcast. He missed two podcasts in a row um, and we had nothing to deep to finish the podcast on last weekend. It was a bit of a, I suppose it was a, we went out on a bit of a whim last week. So I hope he's given us something to think about this week. He has. And uh, you, you're going to have to think quick on this one, Mickey. He said two questions. Okay. If you were to be having a baby boy or girl in four weeks time, Okay. Which mead player, past or present, would you name it after and why? Also, how could you reasonably talk your wife into agreeing to using this name? Yeah. Um, okay, then, well, there would be a couple of the spring to mind, but Brian Stafford straight away always, like, he was my childhood hero. All the lads off that team, Bernard Flynn, Colin O'Rourke, Mick Lyons, Joe Castles, uh, Bobby O'Malley. Bobby's a nice little name there, so it is. But it always gets people would always think that it's got something to do with Bobby Sands, and that's why I, I wouldn't really pick it myself. Um, Kevin for Kevin Foley, like there's there's loads of them, and then you go on like Graham Garrity or Tommy Dowd, love that name as well, Tommy. Um, you know Trevor, you know like and and it, what he's gonna have to do, he's gonna have to like I had to think quick on my feet there as well, and um, he's gonna have to make some sort of a, a connection. Um, that's un-Gaelic football related maybe say that was my great uncle who died in the war and you know I'd like to honour him by naming our child after now when it comes to girls names that could be a little bit tougher Mickey I've got one for you right and I've had the benefit of thinking a little bit about this because I've seen it coming in earlier today yeah Um, Frank okay and with the mead player, I'm going with Frank O'Sullivan, who is, of course, the father of Killian and, and Mark O'Sullivan, who play presently for the county teams. Yeah. Frank was a, a brilliant footballer in his day, played for mead in the 1970s. But the reason I'm thinking of Frank is because you're getting Frank Stapleton as his name. So the great oh, Frank, yeah. Frankie Stapleton as the soccer yeah. player as well, Irish legend. That way, he's ticking one box, but he's also ticking the other. And I know what you're saying. It's not GL related, but you're bringing in the soccer element to it too. And there's a lovely yeah. ring to it. What, what about the likes of, we'll say, Joe? Because Joe works for a girl and works for a boy. It's also Joe Castles. Do you know? Joe There's Stapleton, a few different yeah. ways. Yeah, Joe Stapleton. And yeah. I think when you say the second name with it, it sort of makes a bit more sense. So, like, I, I like Frank as a lad's name. I haven't really had much of a thought about it um, in terms of girls' names. Um, Jody. Jody. Jody Devine. Jody's a girl's name as well. Yeah, 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 that works. Oh, yeah, Jody Stapleton mm, doesn't have a great ring to it, but you know mm. you're getting Jody in there. There's a few, um, and then you've got like the likes of Joe Sheridan as well. That Joe covered. That's Joe covered there. Um, 
Stephen or Stephen Bray, a couple of the more recent ones. Um, what about what about what about a couple of the nicknames? Go on. Well, I'm just you know you're not going to call it Big Joe, are you? <laughs> boots. <laughs> boots Stapleton. Oh, boots Stapleton. Or um, what's what's Mickey Burke's uh, nickname? Donny or the Honey Badger. The Honey Badger. The Honey Badger sold. Has to be the name. The Honey Badger. Oh, yeah. It works for a girl and a boy as well. Honey Badger Stapleton. Yeah. Well, <laughs> interesting stuff. Yeah, that's a, that's a great one. Really good exercise, actually. Give us a bit of time. We'll probably come back to that as well. Yeah, we'll have to. We will we'll, we'll come back. We might even do a poll. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Paddy Stapleton's daughter or son that's arriving in four to five weeks' time. Um, all going well, and 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 God be, uh, God be making sure that all of this goes well for them. And um, the name is irrelevant, really, as long as the baby is healthy. But you know, we could we could be here on We Are Mead choosing the name of Paddy and Dee's baby. Yeah, class. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Davey, have you anything else you want to bring to the podcast for this week? That's it, Mickey. Okay. Well, look with the naming rights out there. Um, you know, we'll leave it to our listeners maybe to, uh, Davey will do a poll and our listeners might come back to us with a few names for, for yeah, baby if, if Paddy could give us the two for boys and two for girls then we'll do a poll on both No, we'll pick them, we'll okay. pick them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and then Paddy just has to name his child after the We Are Mead poll and That's it from this week from the We Are Mead podcast We Are Mead, why it matters more <laughs>